morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glad to have you with us here today. And <clears throat> I suppose, let me see. I maybe I'm not the first, but I can throw a happy new year at you. We're almost there. And, and uh, when Joel was asking before, you know, how many are really looking forward to 2024? How many just want to pitch 2023? <laughs> you know, happy to see it go. Good riddance, goodbye. Didn't do me a whole lot of good. But we're looking at 2024. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been talking to the Lord over the last few days trying to... Uh, trying to figure out where do we go with this this morning and how do we get everybody revved up and encouraged and strengthened in their faith and all of that to, uh, to jump into this new year. <clears throat> and of course, the, new, the whole New Year's thing is generally, usually a time that we celebrate, a time that we're hopeful, a time that we're optimistic about things, right? Time to make some resolutions, right? Resolutions that will probably, probably be abandoned by like early February or something like that, so they won't stick around for too long. But there's just something about the whole New Year thing that just kind of requires that we become a bit introspective and look at our life and do a little review and examine our ways and see how we did and what we weren't doing that well and what we want to do better and all, those, all that kind of stuff comes to mind on New Year's Day, right, which is tomorrow. And uh, so with that in mind, I was looking for a word uh, from the Lord to inspire us and to move forward, to go into 2024 courageously, victoriously. And here's what I came up with. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of come at this thing. Mammy is here this morning. Welcome, ma'am. We haven't seen you for a little while sitting in your little place there. I'm sorry to single you out. I hope I'm not embarrassing you, but it's just it's a treat to see your face over there. Okay, so I'm coming, I, I'm bringing you a passage of scripture from 2 Timothy. Now, 2 Timothy is significant. The second letter to Timothy is particularly significant. Is that Karen Natush there? Is that Karen Natush? Am I dreaming here? Karen Natush, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Good to see you. Uh, sorry, everybody. I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm just happy to see some faces we haven't seen for a little while. Karen's a blessing to our church, Mammy. Oh, man. So we, so we, got, to, got, we got all the, all the usual suspects here this morning. Okay. Anyway, um, so Paul, this, this uh, second letter to Timothy um, from Paul is important because it's Paul's last letter. It's the last thing that he wrote that we know of to anybody. And, he's, he's, um, and his situation is not great. We'll put it that way. He's in a Roman, he's under house arrest, um, guarded over by a Roman centurion, 24 hours a day. Um, and it is, and I, I think he's pretty well aware, if you read through the letter, you'll see that he's pretty well aware that his, the time of his departure is at hand. And uh, so he's shortly going to be executed. Sounds like a good message for this morning, huh? Warm you right up. So I, I, I was, so I, I have a, a, like a, a particular verse in mind that I want to use for a text this morning, but I want to get there, kind of come at it from the back door. So uh, let me do my thing, and then we'll see where it goes and see if it works, okay? So here's the, uh, here's the text of um, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and here's what Paul writes to his 
young disciple, this young man that he's mentored and trained and invested so much in, um, he writes to him and he says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Okay, before you ever were, before you were ever thought of, infinitely beyond our present place in history and and, and all of this, God had you and I in mind. God had already, God already called you into his family if you are a believer, if you have come to the realization that Jesus Christ is your Lord, that when he died on the cross, his death was for your sins and on your behalf. If you've come to that realization, you're saved. And that salvation was locked in before time began. It's kind of like last week's message. We ended on on that whole idea. So many things that God accomplished weren't any last-minute recipe to try to fix something that was wrong or just to get an ambulance to the scene of of the crime or the disruption. God had worked all these things out before the foundation of the world. And so there's a security in that, isn't there? There's a deep security in that. Uh, one person thinks there's a security. I, 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 we'll keep working on it. We'll keep working on it. But anyway, he, he writes to him that this grace, that, that his calling, that, that God's work in his life was given to him in, before time began. But then he goes on but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Isn't that awesome that he has abolished death? Jesus said to Martha and Mary when Lazarus died, he said, he who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God. And so this, this salvation has eradicated death. It has taken death out of the picture. Aren't you glad? Huh? Aren't you, are you glad? Yeah. Amen. Should be. Okay. But now, uh, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. And for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. All right, now there's a statement of confidence of a person who's facing the most tragic circumstances he possibly could be facing, right? The greatest challenges he's ever faced or he is facing at that moment the greatest challenges that he's ever faced because he's locked up and he's looking at um, he's looking at at execution. So um, that's the tone of this letter. Okay, Paul is writing to Timothy and he is preparing Timothy and letting Timothy know that if he's going to serve the Lord, there might be some difficulty along the way. There might be some suffering. There might be some hardship. There might be difficult things to deal with. But he says, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. And then he kind of wraps it all up uh, with that statement of confidence. For I know whom I have believed 
and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. So I hate to start the year off with kind of concerns and negativity, but um, the reality is that we're facing, we have a lot of things to be concerned about. Can I get an amen on that one, huh? There are so many things to be concerned about, and I I don't want to dig deep into them. I don't want to, you know, like depress everybody. But, I mean, people are talking about a deeper recession coming this year, and I don't know whether that's true, and I, I couldn't care less, to be honest with you, for myself personally. But I know when things like that, when recession comes, it hurts everybody. It hits everybody. It makes everybody's life difficult. It makes dollars difficult. All kinds of things happen when the, when the economy goes south. I don't know if it is. I'm not saying that it is. I'm not predicting that it is. All I know is that there's people talking about that. Basic things that you buy have gotten ridiculously expensive. I'll bet you I'll get an amen on that one, right? You go to the store, you go to the gas uh, pump, and, and all of a sudden, like, the price for, prices for things have just gone berserk. Gas, food, basic stuff, and all of a sudden, it's 20, 30% more expensive than it ever was before. And if I have to hear anything more about the border, I will go out of my mind. I am outraged by it. I am outraged. I mean it. Every day you see this go on and you think, what is happening? What is happening? How is this happening? Do you feel that? Okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to like bum me out here this morning. We'll go someplace good. Okay, but, in the, but the reality is there is something so radically wrong going on down there and it doesn't seem that anybody can do anything about it. It just goes on and on and on, thousands after thousands after thousands, up to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. I can't even think about it. It makes me enraged with this entire administration. Now, if that was not enough, we're probably in for a year of like total political craziness because it looks like we're probably going to have a rerun of Trump-Biden or Biden-Trump and, um, and you know that there are plenty of people who will pull out every dirty, nasty, rotten trick in the book to try to do whatever they can do to sway the whole thing politically, because that's just the time that we're living in. You've seen it already now, right? Seeing the things, you know, Trump not being allowed to have his name on the ballot, and all this, like, ridiculous stuff, right? So everything, every aspect of political craziness will be hours for the, um, to, uh, to observe this year. <clears throat> um, there's an ongoing war, Russia and Ukraine. Where's that going? How, where's that going to end? You know, is it going to end or is it just going to go and is it going to blow up into something even bigger? Then there's war between Israel and Hamas, right? And that, of course, has all kinds of overtones for those of us who are believers and for those of us who believe that that's the center of the world over there and what goes on there is... Um, usually of of great significance. And so that whole thing is troubling and disturbing. And then we've got all this woke philosophy and all this critical race theory, and we've got the gender fluidity issue. Oh, oh Lord. Right? I I mean, there's, there's just too much. Right? It's just too much. It's crazy. And, and I don't, I, I, we could probably pull out a half a dozen more if we were really trying, right? So we're looking at 2024, and we're looking at a lot of things that there really are to be concerned about. 
And, uh, but that's okay, there's no simple answers, but God has called us to live in this kind of like, this, this strange paradox, that on one hand, we know that God has everything under control. Even as we read before, when, he wrote, when Paul writes to Timothy, you know, all this stuff was worked out before time began. God, God has known the end from the beginning, always, eternally, and exactly where he's going. And so we have a confidence that somehow this is well within the structure of God's purview and God's oversight and God's sovereign plan and goal, but, he didn't, but God rarely gives us all the details. And so we kind of like scramble around from trying to figure out where things are going. We pray over things and we're concerned over the reality of things that are happening all around us. So we live in this weird paradox that, you know, outrageous stuff is going on throughout the world, but God isn't telling us specifically, or he's not telling me. Maybe, maybe he's told you and we'll be interested in hearing that. But all of that, brings me back to what my real text is for us this morning, okay? And this is, this is the word that, uh, that we have for you here today, and I think it's a good word for 2024. Paul writes and he says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Say that with me, would you? For God has not given us a spirit of fear. We're going to say it again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We'll say it one more time. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Lord, as we go into this year, yeah, there's things, there's things to be concerned about. There are people who are all over the map. There are souls in the midst of all of this. There's a generation that's being hijacked. There's, there's bad people around. But God, we, as we look forward into this year, we know that we have, an, we have everything that we need according to your word. We have everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we will have everything that we need and nothing that's gonna happen this year is gonna be a surprise to you. So Lord God, as we, as we take a moment to kind of embark on this new year, as we look at things that are all around us and things that are coming down the road toward us, <clears throat> we stand on your word. We stand in faith on your word and trust you, Lord God. You got us through in the past. You'll get us through right now and you'll be there when we get there, when this thing all comes to its end. So we thank you, Lord God, for who you are and thank you for the work you're doing in our life. Thank you, Jesus, as we sang before, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done to bring salvation to our lives, and through that salvation, hope and peace and real optimism and security. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord God, we just pray your blessing on this message here this morning. We pray that you'll just sow it into our hearts, and as we, as we uh, enter into this new year, we will be filled with a confidence to know that we have what we need, and, and you will be there 
when we get there. So we pray for your blessing this morning, Lord God, on this congregation, on this message. We ask, oh Lord God, you sow it deeply into our lives. For this new year, I pray it now in Jesus' name and for his sake and all of God's good-looking people said. All right. You don't sound too sure of yourself. (laughs) Oh, well. Okay, now now Paul starts, and he, um, we'll, we'll go with... We'll break this down in pieces, right? The, he, used, he says, therefore. Now, it's a, real, it's a preacher thing to say, when you see therefore, you gotta find out what the therefore is there for. You heard that before, right? Okay, I, yeah, I probably said it before, so. But the therefore harkens back to who he, who he was referring to just before this verse came up, okay? He was talking to Timothy, and he said, I know that you got the real thing, and I know where you got it. You got it from your grandma, Lois, and you got it from your mom, Eunice. And they sowed that, those, those two ladies sowed the true faith of God into your life. And they must have been like real prayer warriors. They must have been like real solid saints. And so Paul, Paul is reminding Timothy that you, you have been given a foundation, you have been given a training, you have been resourced by people who have built you up, and then he goes on to say, and, I'm, and I am totally persuaded that that same faith that's in your grandma and same, thing, same faith that's in your mother is in you as well. Good, good message here for grandmas and moms, isn't there? Huh? Right? Where did, where did this young man get what he got? Well, I mean, he got it from God, but he got it from his grandmother, and he got it from his mother. And they so we can never spend enough time sowing God's truth into our young people's lives. Amen, Pastor Steve. Just missed a great opportunity to say amen. Right? We can, and, and, this, and all of this work was accomplished through this grandmother, this faithful grandmother, this famous. Uh, or this, uh, this, this faithful mother, both strong believers, and, and they sowed into Timothy um, the, 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 the word of God, and that, that had now come into maturity in, uh, in his life. <clears throat> but it seems that Timothy had a bit of a tendency to retreat from the front lines of serving the Lord. Uh, according to other things that we'll pull out, just a couple of thoughts about Timothy to get to know him a little bit. Um, apparently, he was somewhat shy and kind of timid and possibly not in the best of health. So, <clears throat> so we'll take a look at this verse. This is, one of the, this is one of the favorite verses for evangelicals that I'm aware of. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake. No, we, we, we can get over that one right now. No, pe- people quote this one to me all the time, you know, with their stomach problems and what have you. What do you Okay, but Paul writes to Timothy, he says, no, don't, don't drink water only, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake. Doesn't that make you feel better? Huh? How does your stomach feel right now? All right, thumbs up, okay. Um, <clears throat> so use a little uh, wine for your stomach's sake and for your frequent infirmities. His relative youthfulness caused him to be somewhat unsure of himself when difficult issues required confident leadership. So if you see that second verse there, those were supposed to pop up one at a time. I don't know what happened with that. But he, Paul had to write to him and, said, and to say to him, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers <clears throat> in word, in conduct, <clears throat> excuse me, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. In other words, 
You may not be the oldest man in the room. You may not be the most senior man in the room, but don't let anybody look down on you just because you are a young man because you, you, you just show yourself to be the man that you are. You stand up and be the man that God has called you to be. And if people don't necessarily appreciate your, your wisdom or your maturity at the moment because you're not, you're, you're not older than them or you're not more mature than them, don't let that trouble you. You just be confident and be strong. So apparently, he, some of his youthfulness caused him to be a bit unsure of himself. And then Paul actually had to write to the people of Corinth and say this. Oh, what are you doing? There we go. I keep on thinking there should be changing. He, said, they, he wrote to the people at Corinth and said, now if Timothy comes to you, see to it, um, or see that he is with you without cause to be afraid. So gathering these little bits and pieces from things that Paul wrote and just these little notes about Timothy, he was probably a rather shy guy and, 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 and maybe just didn't feel comfortable being in the leadership role, being in the top, um, you know, the, the number one position. And so uh, Paul is writing to him and he's telling him, don't be discouraged. You need, you need to take some steps because again, um, in, in Paul's way of thinking, let me move this up. Okay. Um, in Paul's way of thinking, Paul is seeing him as a, a young man who was called to serve, and because he's called to serve, he must serve, but when, you, but when you serve, Paul wants him to know serving may cause suffering. Serving may cause difficulty. Serve, really serving the Lord. How many know that the Bible says that all of those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer opposition? Right? In other words, if you're going to be the person God is, going to call, that God is calling you to be, somebody's going to try to knock you down. Somebody's going to try to shut you up or, or, or stop you in some way. And so, as Paul sat chained in a, in a Roman dungeon awaiting execution, he knew that the time had come for him to pass the baton and hand off the torch to Timothy. And so, he, he writes this final letter to Timothy to encourage him to keep running the race, despite of, in spite of difficulties, in spite of any oppositions. His, his word should encourage any of us who at the moment may feel a little intimidated or a little frustrated or a little tempted or just, just feel like thrown in the towel, just seeming that there's just too many things stacked against us and it just seems overwhelming. <clears throat> but um, because of all that had been invested by his grandmother and his mother, and even more so, all that had been invested in, in Timothy's life by Paul himself, because Paul notes in that verse of Scripture, stir up the gift that is in you by the laying on of my hand. So Paul had imparted something to Timothy when he, he put his hands on him in some way, and he was given some kind of a spiritual gift, some kind of a spiritual ability. You may say, well, that's great for, for Timothy. I want you to know you have a spiritual gift. You. You have a spiritual gift. Matter of fact, you may have two or three spiritual gifts. If you read about them in 1 Corinthians chapter um, 12 and 14, you'll learn more about spiritual gifts, but every person has a spiritual, let's call it a spiritual endowment. You have a spiritual endowment from God. Here's the question. What are you doing with it? 
right? What am I doing with it? What am I doing? Because it is absolutely certain. Now, of course, Timothy had had, that, or, um, had, had the experience of Paul coming and prayed over him and imparted some, you know, some spiritual, something some that, that gave him a certain, it equipped him in a certain way to be able to serve the Lord or do what it was that God was calling him to do. But it's true that, that every human being, every believer has a spiritual gift. And so this advice for him is great advice for us. Stir up the spiritual gift that is in you. For, for 2024, stir up the spiritual gift that is within you. It is not okay to let, how many, how many over, the, um, over the Christmas season um, watched the Yule Log? <laughs> you, well, okay, we've got, that's it, honest? Okay, how many, you know, how many will never raise your hand no matter what, <laughs> knowing that the next move is I'm gonna call you up to the altar or, you know, do something weird. Um, now, the, the, the Yule Log is a, is a really cool thing, right? It's, it's really cool because it happens all by itself. Yeah. It doesn't need anything. It doesn't need, all you gotta do is find the right channel and it just goes and goes and goes and music plays and it never burns out and it's fine. But real fires aren't like that, are they? Now, real fires need tending, don't they? Real fires need to be tended. Real fires need to be poked and stirred and prodded and stirred up a little bit, right? Sometimes it need to be fanned into a flame because it's just kind of done. The fire itself will go out. If, if left to itself, the fire will go out, right? So the Yule Log is a nice thing, but it's not very real. It's not the way fires really work. The way fires really work is when a, you want to get a fire going, you're going to have to attend to it, and you're going to have to take care of it, and you're going to have to throw a little more wood on it and just make sure that the flame continues to go. That's how real fires work, and that's what Paul is, a, a, he is addressing this matter to Timothy, and he's saying, something was imparted to you. God gave you something when I laid my hands on you. And there's, it also, I think it's interesting when he says, stir up the gift that is in you, which, was, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That thing that was in him was his ticket. That's it. That was his ticket to serve God. That was his call to serve God. And I want to say to you this morning, it's your ticket. It's my ticket. You got a ticket. And you have the ability in you, you have a gift in you, you have a spirit in you, you have the life of God in you, you have eternal life in you. Right now, this is not something that you'll get when you go to see Jesus. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus, Messiah, whom you have sent. So the eternal life, the gift of eternal life, the gift of spiritual life, the, uh, the spiritual gifting in our life is something that God has given to every one of us, and the, and the worst thing you can do is just there. Now, let me set that on the side for a little while, and I'll get back to that one of these days. I'll have a little more time for that. No. He's saying, he's writing to him, and he's telling him, stir. The, the, the literal Greek is fan into a flame. Take that thing and fan it into a flame. Fire it up. Get it, get it charged up. How do you do that? I can tell you one way to do that. Get in your Bible a little while. Yeah. If you get in your Bible a little while, that thing, well, you'll, you'll find there's fire in that Bible. There's, there's edification, there's encouragement, there, there's optimism, there's hope in the Word of God. 
And so Paul writes <clears throat> to Timothy, and he knows that this young man is going to be the guy that is going to be taken over. Actually, Timothy became the pastor of the church at Ephesus, which was a difficult city and a difficult, all those Greek cities were wild west back at that time and difficult places in which to set up shop and, and, do, and, and have to do ministry. So as Paul is in a Roman dungeon, he's waiting his own execution. He knows that Timothy is going to be the man. He's going to hand this thing off to him. And so he writes this final letter to him that to keep on running the race because of all that had been invested in him by Paul himself and by his mother and grandmother. So Paul is encouraging Timothy that he needs to continue to the Lord, but there's, or continue to, to walk with the Lord. But there's no question that if you receive a letter from your mentor explaining that most of his associates have abandoned him. Now, if you, if you go through the text of 2 Timothy, you'll find that all these are references to things that he has spoken to Timothy about. Most of Paul's um, associates have abandoned him. He's been imprisoned for the very truths that he now is giving to you. Okay, you're now, you're now going to be the person um, that's going to this, carry this word. He's been imprisoned. He himself is about to die for the gospel. That might send a shiver of timidity down anybody's spine, wouldn't you say? If you knew that, okay, the guy that's given it to me, he's, right in, he's in prison right now, and he's about to die. And so, yippee, lucky me, I get to carry the message. But far from detracting from, Paul, from, from Timothy's um, usefulness, his, his tender, his gentle um, spirit could, if, try, if properly used or properly exercised, his, his gentle spirit could easily be a very, the very thing that would prepare him most to be able to be most useful to God because he would not be trusting in himself. He would not think, I got that in the back pocket, I, I got this under control. He would be concerned that, yeah, I'm going to come up against some tough situations here, and only by staying close to God will I be able to be strong and be able to be fruitful and, be, and to be able to be of service to the Lord. So Paul is writing to him, <clears throat> and, he is, and, and he's depositing the gift of the gospel into Timothy's hands. And so he says in this message, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now that that word fear there <clears throat> is probably more, more appropriately rendered timidity, okay? It's not, it's not a craven fear. He doesn't have some kind of a psychotic situation. He has just, a, he has a timid spirit, and, and, he, and it's not going to be enough for him to be able to, um, to be able to rise to the occasions that are going to confront him shortly down the road. And so <clears throat> Paul reminds him, to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands, because God has not given a spirit of fear. All those things that I started out with, they're things to be afraid of, aren't they? Kind of, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we're watching, we're watching things dissolve right before our eyes. We're watching a breakdown of society right before our eyes. We're watching a, a, a younger generation that thinks that the they think that Jesus Christ is a curse word. That's all they know of him, right? They've learned nothing about who Jesus is. We're living in a country, we're living in a country that has defied God in every possible way. And, and people in leadership know that they are. 
And I, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to, to a guy preach, and it, it really, really spoke to my heart because <clears throat> he was talking about fears and all the things that are around that are <clears throat> troubling and, and of concern. He says, I, the, the greatest fear that I have, and I share this one, the greatest fear that I have is falling out of favor with God. Now, you may say, oh, come on, Pastor Steve, <clears throat> You're not gonna, that's not going to happen to you, is it? <clears throat> we all make choices all of the time to walk in the favor of God. Grace is not a static condition. Grace is something we're invited into because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. We are invited into grace. Grace means <clears throat> favor. Okay, we are, prior to that, as it says in, in uh, Ephesians chapter two, <clears throat> but you who were dead in your trespasses and sins and which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and were by nature children of wrath. Right? We were by nature simply under the judgment and condemnation of Almighty God, justly, rightly. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all of us were on the, on the list of the condemned. And then Jesus came along and transferred you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Hallelujah, right? So now we have been brought into this new place where we are able to walk not under the condemnation of God. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter eight and verse one. Thank God that verse is there, right? Because here Paul in the, in the, in the previous <clears throat> passage is talking about, oh, wretched man that I am. I do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I do want to do and I keep on going back and forth with all this and, and he comes to, actually he's, he's using an illustration of what they would do with a murderer. A man who was a murderer would be bound hand, hand, foot, foot to the murdered corpse. That was how they punished murderers in those days. And he says, that's what I am. I'm tied to this dead man that I am. And I can't seem to shake him off. I can't seem to get free of this, of this old man. Oh, wretched man that I am. But then he goes on to get to Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is so important. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through our human nature, God did by sending his son to become the payment for all the penalty of, of, of our sins. So <clears throat> um, here, here Paul is writing to him, and, and he's saying, don't let yourself fall out of the favor of God. Don't let yourself get cold toward the favor of God. If anything, recognize that the favor of God is the most is the greatest thing you and I have access to. Because we can come before God without fear, right? In confidence, with joy, being optimistic, knowing that God's got things under control and he's gonna sort them all out and fix them in due time. Hallelujah. So he's reminding him, stir up the gift that is in you. Stir up the stuff that you got from God while, <clears throat> because you're gonna need it. That's about it, you're gonna, you're gonna need. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, so all of these things that we're thinking of this morning, 
God hasn't given us a spirit of timidity. God hasn't given us a spirit to worry about. God has given us a spirit of confidence, of power, dunamis. You've heard the word many times, right? Same word, that it, it is the explosive, dynamic power of God is at work in our life. God has given us a spirit of power and of love. This spirit that God has given to us, that's, that's where I was going with that before. I, just got, I, got, I got a little off track with that. But <clears throat> this, this spirit that God has imparted to us, this gift that God has imparted to us is a gift of love. It, it, it is a, it's a token of God's incredible goodness and love towards each and every one of us. And the more we get that thing like working and actually um, bearing fruit and actually like activated and, and we're working in those things that God has gifted us with, I don't know what they are for you, but I know you got them. And I'm sure if, if, if every believer, man, if every believer got a hold of the thing that God has got a hold of them for, like when, when Paul says, for I know whom I have believed, and that he is able to keep that which I have committed to himself against that day. Paul, Paul knew that God was going to, remember, this guy's looking at imminent execution, but he knows that the God that has called him is gonna walk him through it all, and he is not troubled, and he is not afraid. He just wants to make sure the thing keeps on going. He wants to make sure he gives the ball, he hands the ball off to the next guy, and then Timmy, Timothy is strong enough to pick that thing up and run with it. That's, that's my word to you this morning. That's, that's the word here for 2024, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. And there's a lot of things around that are, that, that are we need to be concerned about. There's a lot of things that we need to pray about. And I'll tell you what, people all around us need Jesus like they have never needed him before. And, and you and I have to pick up that baton and we have, have to be willing to speak to our world and our time. And I'll tell you, you may, people's hearts are, are cold, people's hearts are distant, people are preoccupied with every other thing in the world, but the Holy Spirit of God is still working in this world. God is still calling people out of this world and into favor and into fellowship with him, and you can be part of that process so that when you and I get to the end of this road, there'll be other people who will be back, who will say, hey, Pastor Steve, man, I, I appreciated you talking to me about Jesus that one time, man, because I, I didn't get saved then, but I did. And when you and I deliver the gospel to somebody in a spirit of power, in a spirit of love, and in a spirit of a confident mind, I think, I think the other translations talk about self-discipline, all right, a disciplined mind. That's really what he's driving at. But when you and I deliver the gospel like genuinely a heart-given gift of the gospel, not, no word of condemnation, no word of you know, what God's wrath and all that, just simply to tell people there's a God who wants to save you. There's a God who wants to free you. There's a God who wants to, to deliver you from all these things that are so pressing and so overwhelming in this world. That's who our God is. That's just who he is. He's just that good, right? And so that's the thing for us to remember as, we, as we're going into this new year. People all around us, you gotta get revved, you gotta get pumped. We gotta preach to people, we gotta tell people about Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We do. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled at what God is building here. 
I was so knocked out last week, I couldn't believe it. I, I don't think there was like five empty seats in this place. It was wonderful, it was glorious, right? No place to park outside, wonderful, <laughs> glorious. Then we go take over from the Vanderplugs over there, we'll park on their, on their spot. But we were uh, totally blessed, but God is building, God is building. And so as God continues to build, God is adding new people to making, making them part of this church. It's not just so we have lots of people here. That's nice. But we are meant to be organized into a fighting force. Okay? And that's, what, that's why Paul is writing to this young man. He says, don't let your timidity get out of hand. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful of the stuff that's going on. Don't be worried about me and you see I'm suffering and you see I'm going through stuff. Don't let that trouble you. You just go ahead and pick up the baton and you run with it, pal. You run with that thing. Because God has given you a special gift. You know something? You won't even fully know what your gift is until you try to use it. Right? You'll try to use it and botch it or feel like you didn't got it all wrong or you just didn't get it right or you should have used different words or something like that. But you'll find out the more you just endeavor to be the person that God is calling you to be and you are joyful and you are optimistic and you are hopeful in what God has done in your life and what God is doing in other people's lives around you, as, as that is working in you, that's what affects and touches the lives of the people that are around us. And then they, they know. You're not, you're not in the same, you're not living under the same circumstances that they are living under. So that's our, that's our thought for you here this morning on this New Year's Eve day. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or a disciplined mind. That's who we are. Praise God. And so the rest of the, I'm, ex, I, I'm expecting like a big year of fear. I'm, I'm like one of these news junkies, so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm checking out all these different channels to listen to all the talking heads and stuff like that. Makes me a little crazy sometimes, but I know where to get uncrazied again, right? But there's, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come up this year. Who knows? But we're going into this year in a spirit of love and power and a disciplined mind because that's who our God is and that's how he's going to, that's, that's, that's how he's going to walk us down this road. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you that you know what's going on. We lift up all of these things. We lift up economy. We lift up politics. We lift up leadership. We lift up Israel. We lift up what's going on on the other side of the world. Oh, Lord God, there's so many things that are just kind of scary and a little crazy and just seem sometimes just a little bit overwhelming. But Lord, we trust you because your word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Hallelujah. So, Lord God, we, in, in like token style, I want to lay my hands on every person in this room. I, I'll tell you what. Let's, now we'll do it different. You lay your hands on somebody. Go ahead. Find somebody there to to lay your hands on. Well, you might have to get up out of your seat, I know. It's, you know it, there may not, you know. 
But you, okay, you got somebody? You got your hand on them? And I want you to pray. God, impart your spiritual blessing to this life here, now, today. Impart your spiritual power to this life here today. Lord God, let your glory be manifested through this vessel, oh God. And Lord God, I, I just pray that this, this whole aspect of the spiritual endowment that has been given to us through the laying on of hands, or well, now you can't say nobody laid their hands on you. So we got that covered, right? So we are imparting to one another the strength, oh Lord God, that we need to be your people in the midst of this broken, evil, fallen world. And Lord, thank you for the joy that you give to us. Because as Nehemiah said, or as Ezra said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so Lord God, we pray this year, as we go into this, into this new year, that Lord, you will just touch and build up and strengthen every life. And I want to encourage every person in this room, get in the word. Get in the word. That's where the power is. That's where the strength is. That's where the hope is. That's where everything is. It's all in the word. And the more time you take to just let that word just take over your heart and over your mind, it'll, it'll, it'll shut your silly emotions down because they're no help, right? It'll, it'll, it'll shut some of those bad appetites down because they're no help. And it will cause your spirit to grow and rise up and become strong. And then as God says, my... my for my thoughts are not your thoughts, saith the Lord, neither are your ways my ways, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Then he says, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you into singing. In other words, when you and I go forward and walk in the, in the word of God, walk in the power and the wisdom of the word of God, even the obstacles, the mountains, the problems, the troubles, even those things have to give. They gotta, they gotta, they've got to go when we speak the word of God's power over those things. So that's, uh, that's where we're at this morning. So Lord God, I just pray we, we lay hands on this congregation as we go into 2024. And we go forward with, with confidence, with hope, with anticipation, encouraged that nothing can stop this work of the gospel. It will go on and it will continue to be effective because your Holy Spirit is doing that work. And you're using imperfect vessels like me and like everybody else in this room. You're, you, that's all you got. <laughs> you don't have any perfect vessels. And so you're taking us just as we are. And you are, and, and you are saying, go, kid, go. Get up and go. Rise up and be strong. Rise up and be filled with wisdom. Rise up. Don't be intimidated by the crazy culture around you. Don't be intimidated by what other people's opinions are. Don't, don't be intimidated by this crazy, ridiculous world of, of, uh, of online stuff and Facebook and all of these things. These, these are just simply demonic traps to shut people down or intimidate or screw people's minds up. Get your mind in the word of God. Get yourself under the cover of the blood of Jesus and walk in confidence and hope because God is able to make all grace abound to you and I as we walk in his way. In Jesus' name, amen.